This is Coast and County Radio's Extra Time Podcast in association with Scarborough College and powered by Grundon Graphics. 97.4 FM, through the Vales, across the Moors and along the coast. Extra Time, sporting reviews and opinions from those in the know. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Coast and County Radio Extra Time podcast, sponsored by our good friends at Scarborough College. I'm Paul Connolly, and today I'm joined by a former Whitby Town midfielder of the 2000s who also turned out for the club supporters team when Andrew Smith was the manager. He's an RAF man who's had the honour of carrying the FA Cup to the Royal Box at Wembley, something we'll hear a little bit more about later on in the show. And he also had a brief stint at uh, Scarborough Athletic under Rudy Funk, among several other clubs around the non-league circuit. It's Mr Tom Clays. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good, Paul. Thanks for yourself. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, yeah, we'll have a, have a chat about your footballing career. We might as well get straight into it. Um I mean, just just talk us through. Obviously, we'll talk about Leeds United and where you sort of started your professional journey in the game. Um, but talk us through your sort of early years and your earliest memories of football. Yeah, so my dad. Uh, obviously, a lot of people at Whitby will know know my dad. He's um, coach a uh, like a junior side. So myself and a few mates, uh, one to know Aaron Lennon, comes along, uh, and we were great actually. Then eight eight year old, I got signed for Leeds. Um, through to Leeds to 15, uh, got a bad injury. I was out, I think, for about nine months. Leeds sent me all over, uh, spent a lot of money on me uh, to try and get me right. It was something to do with my heel, but they found out it were growth spurts in the end. Um, they thought my career were done at an early age, at 15, uh, with a complex of injury. Moved to Bradford City, seemed to be fine after that. I just played through it for a, a little while. Um, and then, obviously, from Bradford, I went up to Livingston. They went into our administration uh, as I was ready to sign a deal with them, pro deal. And then uh, I just had enough football, really. I just thought, wow, this is a bit weird. And then that's where a host, uh, I think what happens is they put a quarter out uh, for lads coming out full-time game. And Whitby Town come up and I remember saying to my dad, tell you what, let's go there for fish and chips. And my dad was like, you can't just pick a club for, for fish and chips. Anyway, I did. And that's, that's why I ended up at Whitby and yeah, it were, uh, had a great time actually. My dad got looked after. You know, I can't thank the club enough for what, what they did with my dad. I mean, I'd it'd come to end at games, I'd go see him in barn, they'd have fed and watered him, you know, and I had to drive home all the time because, you know, as you can imagine, it it had a fair few. So yeah, uh, it was great to be honest. And that, that's how it come about to go to Whitby. Um, just dropping out a full-time game and just I thought like not lost interest, but especially going to Livingston, getting offered a deal and then them going into administration, it was just weird, really. I'd sort of like, not burnt my bridge at Bradford, but it was a case of it wasn't going to work out right at Bradford with a gaffer. And I just said to my dad, oh, forget this. And then, like I say, we'd become along. As a host, a non-league clubs, really, and a few conference clubs at the time, which I wasn't really interested in. And then, like I say, with Whitby with fish and chips, I just said, just a laugh, really, to my dad. Let's go there, and that's that's how it how it happened, really. We'll just obviously chat about Leeds then. Now you mentioned Aaron Lennon's name there, um, yeah. but sort of the the age groups around you as well. There must there must be some very good players in there. I think James Milner will have been around that time as well. Players like that who have 
gone on to have sort of remarkable longevity in the game, Tom. I mean, you, you look at that and it, it's a credit to to what Leeds United's academy setup was like then and, and what it is now. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, my age group, myself, Aaron Lennon, um, age group below, uh, Johnny Alston, uh, Cy Walton, and then age group above, uh, obviously, Miller, James Milner. Um, so, in my era, in, just in that three years, you know, it was fantastic. Um, but even further on, you know, we had, they had a lot of Irish lads come over um, who, who, who were fantastic as well. Obviously, McPhail were uh, a little bit above us, but he were more Aaron's, Aaron's brother's age group. Um, but yeah, the, the academy at Leeds were, were fantastic. Um, produced some, some top, top players and they still are, to be honest. So it's, you know, it, it was really good. But yeah, that, that, them, them three, I still keep in touch with a few of them. Um, you know, obviously Aaron's uh, my best mate. So I went to watch him at Sunday uh, against Liverpool. Uh, so yeah, I still keep in touch. Say hello to, to obviously Milner if I see him at games. Um, and obviously Johnny Alston and, and things like that. But yeah, it's like it's like you say there, Leeds Academy, excellent, really good. Being released at sort of 15-year-old then, um, just sort of take us back into that moment because you're 15 and you and you sort of dealt that kind of that kind of rejection, isn't it? I mean, what, what was the 15-year-old Tom class thinking there? Yeah, it was a bit weird, really. Um, I was flying, to be honest. They were ready to offer us a, a four-year deal uh, at 14 because they were... How it worked before with the with the with the YT system, they're ready to offer us a like same over it might be maybe a five year deal, sorry, um, at, at fourteen. So we're all looking good. And then I remember playing at the Cliff Manchester United training ground. Um, uh, I played full back at time. Uh, Alex Ferguson was on that day. Man. I remember Dad having photos with him and that. And Dad's Scottish, and I remember going into a tackle. Uh, it was a bit dirty actually. I think I did go two footed. Um, and I, I just couldn't run after that. I, I, it was my heel. Didn't know what it was. That that like I say, you know, escalated. It just kept kept going. To be honest, into under 15s And to be fair, to Leeds that I, I can't follow them because they, they spent quite a lot. And when I'm sending them at best places, trying to get me sorted to see what this, this issue was, nobody could come up with what the issue was. Um, and then it got to the stage. I just said to my dad, "Look, we." We don't know what we can do, you know, what much more we can do, really. We don't know when he's going to be back fit. I was in the physio room when Woodgate, uh, Dubrin and Tony Ackworth, actually, we're all going through that court case. Um, so I was in with them and I got really, really close with them. They were having a bit of a laugh with me and the physios at the time. Um, but they just said that there's nothing they can do. They didn't know what it was. Like I said, I can't, I can't fault leads for it. They, they did all they can. And then weirdly... Uh, I remember the night they, they called my dad uh, and my dad shouted on to me and I was doing a bit of physio work. He said, oh, we need to go. Anyway, we goes into a room and they just said, look, we're, we're going to have to sort of like release your contract, really, release from your contract. Um, you know, yeah, we're gutted. I think I cried all the way home. Um, and for a few days after, to be honest, and my dad were like, he were really like peeved off the leads, but I, the older we got, we knew that it, it wasn't them, you know. We got a phone call from Everton, but at the time, my dad, my dad had a pacemaker fitted, so we couldn't really travel much. Um, and then Bradford City come knocking a couple of days later and said, do you want to play for us at weekend? And I, I says, well, I can't really run, you know, my heels hurting. 
anyway, the following week, they phoned me again. Look, we come on and sign for us. And my, and I said, how do you feel? I said, I'm just going to give it a go and try and play. And weirdly, I played that following week. And it was bad. The deal was bad. Um, but I just wanted to prove Lee wrong that I could come back from this injury. Turns out it was a growing, like a growing spurt I was going through. But it caused me that much issues. And just as Leeds had told me that they couldn't do anything about it, literally 10 days later, I'm there I am playing for Bradford City. And it's like, if only they'd have waited 10 days. But, you know, that's things happen in life for a reason, you know. And, you know, I'll, I'll never change that. It's, you know, I've still enjoyed myself in it. You know, it was good, actually. You mentioned then about moving on to Bradford City and it, and it not ending brilliantly, you could say. Uh, just, just talk us through that, through that period then, Tom. It's a good, massive club. Um, when I signed there at 15, they were Carbone and all that in the first team at the time. Uh, 16, they went through money issues as well. It, it must just be me. Uh, we're, we're professional clubs. Um, broke into the youth team. Colin Todd with Gaffer. And I remember one day, if you were sat, we had the away changing rooms at, um, at Valley Parade and first first team obviously in Holmes. I remember one day at Bell, when, when the bell rings from the, the referees room where the Gaffers were, you have to go see what he wants. So I was sat there and I'm like, oh, I can't delegate this to anyone. I'm the youngest in there, one of them. So I goes in and he says, oh, fill us a bath. So I put him a bath on Colin Todd, filled him a bath, checked it with my elbows, you do. Anyway, about 10 minutes later and he's shouting quite explicit, you know, shouting at, like, I won't say what he said, but yeah. So I goes in and he's started carrying on with me, just basically, oh, I've burnt my feet or something. And yeah, it, it was a bit weird from there, but yeah, it was it was good as well, you know. The first team lads were good. I cleaned Dean Win Dean Windass's boots. Uh, Lee Crooks, who I'm, uh, I still speak to Dino. Uh, Lee Crooks, who I'm in partnership now with a coaching company, he's become one of my close pals. Um, Stephen Schumacher, who's now uh, manager at Plymouth, uh, spoke to him over week actually, which is good. So I'm still in contact with lads from Bradford. So, you know, I wouldn't say I'd say it were a really not live. Not life changing. What's the word? It's I've made friends for life from there, you know. So it, it was a great experience. But again, it just didn't work out. It was just one of them weird things where it's just football, really. You know, I've seen a lot of very good players there, probably better than a few at Leeds that didn't make it, which were weird. And then, you know, it, well, that's just football for you, I suppose. And then I remember one day we were training, and the youth team manager said, "Oh, that guy's over there's watching you." And I'm looking over, and he had a, a black jacket on with a yellow badge. So as you do, I said to him, let's kick a ball over that way. He kicked it over and I went, and it was Livingston. Anyway, next day we get some phone call, they want me to go up on loan. Last five games at season. So I, I goes up. Um, I remember getting a train up. <laughs> they said, just get the train up, put you in an hotel. And when I got to uh, Edinburgh Station, I don't know, what it, did it put it Glasgow? I forget which one it went out, but there were a big Porsche Cayenne which were brand new cars at the time with big Livingston badges on it. And everyone's looking at me. And this guy's like, asked me to carry my bags. And I said, I can carry my own bags, mate, you know. But yeah, they put me in an hotel. Because I was English, they turned me eating off. Um, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And then I goes down for dinner, or my tea. And there were a, a table with a chair with a candle, like lit, lit at that. And I'm like, that's not for me. That. So I went round to the local Chinese. Anyway, next, next day I played... Played for Livingston, got sent off on my debut uh, with a left back at the time, Jamie McAllister. 
it would all game for about 60, 70 minutes, just telling me, I'm English this, I'm English that. So anyway, I ended up two-footing him in a tackle. He did it the same to me. Jumped up, he'd stuck nut on me. And then, yeah, we both got sent off. And that, that way, we got a four-game ban. But John Robertson, Gaffer at the time, were, were keen on taking me. It was just unfortunate, really. Yeah, and then uh, obviously we've, we've spoken about sort of how the Whitby, Whitby move came about then after Livingston and yeah. leaving Bradford. I mean, just, just talk to us then about your first impressions of Whitby Town Football Club. Cold, windy, uh, pitch were a bog. It took me ages to adjust, to be honest. I, I think when I first come in and it's like all non-league, I've noticed now, you know, fans go, oh, we're getting a player from such and such or, you know, uh, and I think people thought he's rubbish at, at start. Um but it, I did, I struggled, to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to lie, I struggled to start with with just the pace of the game and there were people in your face. Long ball, it was a lot of long ball, you know, and getting on second balls. And like I say, when playing at the Turnbull ground, the sea's literally a stone throw in it, so the wind was coming off at sea and the weather, oh, yeah, it was crazy. But I, I enjoyed it. it were, you know, I think that's made me out to be what I am now, to be honest. I think it's probably one of the better clubs I could have started at in non-league just because you know like I said we're travelling far we're throwing it at deep end we're doing quite well at the time but yeah it was hard to start with I'm not going to lie It was uh, Dave Logan the manager then when you uh, when you came into Whitby you had you know all this experience in the pro game he, he was a Whitby town legend he'd won the FA Vars everything like that yeah. um, what, what was Logie like to play under? Yeah we're great Logie yeah uh, weirdly until about a year ago I played a Went to a Scarborough Legends game, uh, played in a Scarborough Legends game, and Billy Logan was then his obviously uh, it was his son. Now I've, I never knew that Billy were, were David's son. Uh, weirdly, I don't know how. So I'm like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, oh, "I'm watching my son." And I'm going, "Your son, Billy?" He said, "Yeah." And I, he just mesmerised me all day. Then so when we went out for a few beers, I, I still couldn't believe it. But I, I got to catch up with David, yeah, and we were on about Whitby actually. And, just saying how when he first got me in, he thought, oh, he's great. And then after the first four or five games, he was thinking, oh, this kid isn't very good. But then I soon adjusted. And I think that after that, I think then uh, Lee Nogan come in. Lee Nogan come in, brought a lot of his new players in. They were, they were in and out, really, to be honest. Um, again, it would adjust into a different manager and a different style of play. I'm, I'm used to, like you say, being in a full-time game where, you know, how, how they want you to play and, Etc. But yeah, David were David were a top man. Uh, you know, really, really nice bloke, and he were firm but fair. You know, he'd he'd be harsh on you if you had to be harsh, but he'd give you praise if he needed to give you praise as well. Absolutely. And then uh, yeah, I mean, you came into a dressing room there, then Tom. That we mentioned, obviously, Dave Logan as the manager. They were going quite well in the league as well, weren't they, Whitby? Yeah, Bruno. I remember big Bruno. Uh, yeah, what a guy he was. I mean. You'd put ball either side, you know, two yards either side of him. He'd get out of it somehow, and you'd hear defenders and opposition team and and their gaffer shouting, "Keep him on his right." But no matter what, he was that big and strong. He always got on his left, and you'd just see him forty yards out, top bins. You know, oh, Bruno, how have you done that? People used to say, "Who's that? Who's that guy at, at Whitby?" I say, "Oh, he's like, he's a he's a unit and a half, but you can't get ball off him, and if he gets sight of goal, it, it's in." Um, and Armroyd, what a player he was, technically class. Uh, little Tommy Raw, you know, he was great in behind, quick. We had a load, Dan Favo, Dan Favin, centre half, 
good player. They, they were loads, really. Could keep going on, you know, with great debt. Cammy, goalkeeper. I thought Cammy were about 50 when I joined. I think he's not 50 yet. <laughs> you know, great, another great bloke, fantastic bloke. Uh, big South African, what, what were he called? Well, uh, Robinson, Robo, yeah. yeah. Good bloke as well. Great, great side. So, obviously, then we mentioned Dave Logan. He left the club. Uh, Lee Nogan came in. Just just talk to us about the differences then between Logan and Nogan as managers. Yeah, a bit weird, like I say. I was, I was just adjusting to probably the non-league side of it, what what, what Logie had. Um, because he'd been more in the non-league circuit than what Lee Nogan had. And I just started adjusting to that. And then Lee Nogan come in and he wanted to play a bit more football and stuff. And he brought a lot of his own lads in. And I think with, with Nogi, if he had one bad game, he'd try and change it up. Another again, another another great bloke. He'd try and change it up, and then the team kept it, it was changing constantly. And he just like I say, it, obviously it's his it's his job on the line. But yeah, it was stop start really with with Nogi. Um, just a weird one, really. Yeah, because um, sort of towards the end of that season, then you went to you went to goal for a spell. Um... Went March, sort of March to October at goal and then returned to Whitby. Uh, what what was that little spell in between like at goal then? Rubbish. <laughs> uh, bloke I knew from, from years, uh, like a mate of mine, he, he was gaffer there. They were a bit of money actually. Um, chairman had, had a few quid at the time. And he just said, do you want to come and play? And again, like I say, I were in and out with Nogi and I didn't know how. The one minute Nogi were, I were his favourite player, then I won. Then I would could find another club. Then it was just a bit weird. Like, like I say, because I was new to non-league, I didn't know how it all worked. I was, I'm still relatively new at this stage. So yeah, so I went to goal and again that were they were just yeah it was a crazy like drop if that makes sense. It was it was just weird. And then because obviously I won't long out of the full time game and then coming from Whitby down into goal, the opposition would be like they'd be at you straight away, you know. Thinking like, oh, you dropped down a few levels, and it, yeah, it was weird, but again, it, a good experience, you know. And it set me up again, these experiences set, set you up uh, further on in your career. So, yeah, that, that return to uh, to Whitby then came as we mentioned, October 2007. Uh, not the best second debut to come into a, a 6 1 defeat against Whitton Albion, but uh, I mean, what, what was it that brought you back to Whitby then? I just I really like the club, um, and like a, for me. I'm a big family man and my dad followed me all over and the way the club treated my dad were I can't ask for no better you know they were like I say there'd be times it would be on the car on way and he'd be like oh I won't drink today son and then after the game I'd be like I'd go in bar it'd be just yeah and they'd fed him and watered him you know they were great and to, to be honest I, I'm all bothered about my dad enjoying it really as well then than myself you know and it was a great family-run club, you know. Everyone, it were a close-knit because it's you know not a massive place, close-knit community. It was just fantastic, really, and that's that's what brought me back. I can imagine your dad enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the fact you were coming back to Whitby as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's 33 appearances in that second spell. Um, you finished all together at Whitby on on 70 appearances, four goals, um, and then moved to Osset Town, July 2008. Yeah, a bit closer to home then. I'd- Obviously, I'd um, sort of got into non-league a bit more. I knew how things worked, and it's a bit weird, really. And it's not all about as you get older, you, you realise it's not all about money. But as a young lad, 
there are a lot of clubs, and we'll, when we go through my clubs, you'll, you'll realize that some teams are throwing silly amounts of money, and you're like, wow, this is like, this is crazy. Do you know, for this, is this how it works? I didn't understand, but Osset were on my doorstep, you know, 20 minutes away. At the time, it just felt right for me to to move from or move to there. I don't think, I can't remember what, I'm sure something happened with, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if I'd been left out at squad maybe a couple of times. I can't remember, but. Yeah, it just felt right at, at the time that, you know, I think with my dad as well, his health went down a bit, you know, so it was just right for me to do, not not what was best for myself, but what were easiest really, I, I think. And I think, like I it were close by, so I ended up going there. Yeah. Now, fair enough. And obviously then um, we, we sort of, we went through your career um, just before we came on and uh, we go through that list of clubs, obviously, Osset Town, Bradford Park Avenue in the... Uh, Farsley as well, but uh, 2011 yeah. being sort of the big shift for yourself in that you uh, you joined the RAF. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so just before obviously Bath Park Avenue, uh, Bob Blackburn was chairman, and the money they were throwing were like a full time wage for a part time footballer at time. Um, then I went to Farsley Conference North. Um, weirdly, again, as I told you, it must be my luck. They went into administration. That's when I went bust. Um, and then yeah. Um, we got an offer. I got a, well, my mate Lee Crooks, who again were at uh, Bradford City, or cleaned his books. So I said about, he joined the RAF and said, it's like a full time, it's like being a full time footballer again this time. You know, you hardly ever work, you're just playing football. Oh, I'll have a look at that. And my dad were a Marine. So my dad's going, yeah, go do that, son, you know. So I didn't know where I wanted to go in my life. And I thought the, the money at Bradford Park Avenue up Farsley, I thought that that can't last throughout my career, surely. It's, it's non-league, you know, it's it's part-time. So, yeah, so I ended up joining RAF. Um, and to be honest, it's been great. It's set my life up. I've done 10 years to date. Uh, I've got 18 months left. I'll, I'll be out in 18 months. I've had a bad bad shoulder injury, uh, playing for RAF against the Navy in 2018. Snapped my shoulder. Um dislocation, fracture, bone diffusion, quite a lot lot of things going on with it. I managed to play on for 10 minutes with one arm, but as you know, it, you don't, well, we, I think we were getting beat at the time. And I just said, I'm not coming off and, you know, I want to try and get back in this game. But anyway, I had to come off, went to hospital. I've had two operations since uh, and it's still ongoing. Um, God knows what's going on. But yeah, so I've got 18 months left, but it's been great. Um, with the RAF, obviously I played my 11th season. Uh, with RAF football, I've been captain uh, throughout that for a, a few years. Uh, we're captain of the UK Armed Forces football team for six years. Um, the most successful British military captain has been. Uh, we won the Kentish Cup, which we play against uh, Holland and France, which is recognised by uh, FIFA and UEFA. So we've won that, well, we've won it four times in a row now, but I'd won it, three lifted it as a captain three times in a row. So that were. You know, in itself, that's a that's a great, you know, achievement. Um, and some of that I'm proud of, and my family's proud of. Um, 2018 FA Cup final, carried the FA Cup up to the Royal Box. You know, just for my uh, achievements in, in in military football. So you know, without joining the RAF, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the opportunities I've had. Travelled the world playing football. Um, been to Afghanistan. You know, best time in my life. That I miss my family, of course, but. Afghanistan, well, I think I played more football out there than I did when I'm here. Um, met some great people. We were just fantastic, to be honest. You know, and these opportunities I've had, 
I'd have never known about if it, you know if I didn't join the RAF. So I, I'm I'm grateful to them to be honest. So it's a bit it might end a bit bad, but I, I'm I'm grateful to, to for that as well. I mean, you mentioned there, obviously captaining the the um, the forces side. Um, and I mean, looking at that, you mentioned about going in and playing football, and it almost being a little bit like a being a full time footballer again. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the athletes that have sort of come out of the forces over the years, athletes, footballers, the likes of Lee Bradbury, who he obviously went on to play for Portsmouth. Um, yeah. And there's there's been a few, hasn't there? I think Kelly Holmes was one as well. So, I yeah, mean, for, Roger. yeah. For for any young person who's quite good at sport, it's quite a good pathway to get into. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I, I tell young people now, you know, try to get round, try to be a bit of an ambassador really for for the air force as well. Um, the area where I'm from. Uh, you know, originally is not not overly great, and the opportunities around that's why I've got into coaching to get the kids off the streets. Um, you know, and I, and I always push to them and schools around around myself. You know, about the opportunities in the RAF and what they can achieve. You know, you don't have to be a sports person just to join. You know, even if you don't play sports, you know, it's still a fantastic um, you know job and and. It can set you like I say, it set me up for life to be honest. It sorted my life out. Um, I didn't know where I was going and it, it just stabilised me. Uh, you know, now young family, three kids, you know, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. So obviously going at the REF, you you still sort of had a semi-pro footballing career at the same time. Um, what were the sort of difficulties like then, balancing the REF uh, being full-time and the part-time football? There must have been a few uh, issues with that. Yeah, it, it was tough, yeah, to begin with. Um, especially when you're awake quite a bit. It wasn't until probably, even though I knew some gaffers, it wasn't until probably when I joined Tadcaster, really, that Marsha there was, it was really understandable about it. And um, he, he got it, you know, he, he, I said, I'm not missing games or training because I, I want to. It's just, I can't help it. It's, it's my job. You know, and a lot of times when I was missing, it was because I was playing football, so I was keeping fit and I was playing at a very good standard. Um, but yeah, it, the first few years were, were tough. Um, it's probably why I went through a few clubs in, you know, up until last, probably, up until probably 2014. Um, I think that first few years, three years, managers would ring you, oh, come and sign for me. We'll give you X amount, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we understand and then when you'd have a run of four or five games, you'd, you'd play well. You know, I understand the managers because they just want you to keep playing. And then when I missed a couple of games and you get a couple of defeats, whatever, or you, you know, it was like, oh, we need you here. And I said, I, I can't be there. You know, that's the thing. And then there were a few arguments here and there. Well, I'm just leaving because I can't help my job. You know, my job comes first, unfortunately. And that's 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 how it was for the first, first few years. And then people got to understand. And then obviously I moved back. Uh, closer to home, uh, you, you move up ranks a bit and you get a bit more of a say. So it, it got better and it has got a lot better. Yeah, because, I mean, in there, there was um, obviously Scarborough Athletic that you played yeah. for. Talk to us about being at Scarborough Athletic then, because, you know, for, for a club at the level that it was, it, it was a very big club, but uh, obviously outside of Scarborough at the time. Yeah, massive club, yeah. Um, come, again, come out of blue, um, just a phone call, and I explained to him about my situation uh, and the gaffer. <laughs> the gaffer were really funk at the time. Um, I remember playing 
I play a game, say I'd score a goal for it. I'm not renowned for scoring goals, but I'd score a goal and then I'd be away the following week. It then his team talked the week after that when I'd be back a bit, Tommy, I need you here more. And I'm saying, look, you know, we had a bit of a, a laugh at Sky with the lads, Denny Ingram and Paddy Millers, Tony Apple, they all laughs, because I used to say if planes have to fly, I've got to be there. So every time Rudy would say that, the lads would like burst out laughing because they knew what was coming next. Um, but yeah, again, again at Scarborough, he didn't understand. He said he understood it, Rudy Funk, but he just never understood it. But again, I don't, I don't think badly of him for not. Like I say, I understand Gaffer's point of view um, when lads can't make it all the time. But it's probably easy me. It's probably easy me saying because I know it works in the military, but you, you know what you're getting into, really. You know, it's like when you sign a lad non-league and he's worked away for a week. It's just same as as myself, really. I was same as myself at the time, but you've just got to learn how to manage that. But yeah, Scarborough, massive club. You know, another good club. Probably get called a few things off with the fans here, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it there as well. To be honest, it looked after me. You know, that's that's the main thing. No, good stuff. Um, and yeah, obviously that time at Scarborough, you mentioned the players that were. That were in there. Um, I mean, they did have a very talented squad, didn't they, for the level they were at? Yeah, really good squad. Yeah, um, we won the league that year. In fact, I, I think I'd just left. I think enough for enough with Rudy Funk. I think I told him. I think I think I actually said to him, or I said to the lads, if I'm on the bench, I scored two away at Lincoln Morlands. I think it would be called. We won twelve nil or something. Uh, I scored two goals, and I said to the lads, if I'm on bench next week, I'm going. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, he's messing about me. Anyway, <laughs> played Retford away and he named the team and then number 12 or 14, Tom Cliss. I just jumped up. I said, right, lads, pick my bag up. All the best for the season. And off I went. And that was it, really. They were, you know, Rudy was saying, oh, stay. It won't, I, I won't say it was a bad attitude for myself. It was just more, I couldn't get a run going. I'd, I'd get a run going and, and you'd score goals. And he kept on saying it, it would be because I wasn't there all the time. And, that just wasn't good enough for me, you know, and the lads were telling me, stay, stay, we're going to win this league, which we didn't end. But I just couldn't, I didn't have full faith in the gaffer at the time, that it, he had full faith in myself, if that made sense. Yeah. So again, it, it ended a bit wrong at Scarborough, um, but it could have been handled a lot better. Yeah. You sort of continued around that non-league circuit, then um, some, of the, some of the clubs, Ossie Albion, uh, Hansworth as well, um, ended up at Tadcaster, and you mentioned yeah. that Paul Marshall there. Um, I mean, he's got one hell of a reputation actually in the non-league circuit. Done very well wherever yeah. he's been, Paul Marshall. Um, just talk to us about him as a manager. Top guy, top top guy, Marsh. Yeah, he just says how it is. To be honest, More, nicest bloke you'll meet. There's a bit here. I don't know if you've heard, but around non-league, but I always have a beer on a Friday night myself. Uh, I've done it for about ten years. It's just a bit of a ritual I have. So if I had a bad game. Marsh would say to me on a Saturday, have you been out last night? And I'd be like, I ain't gaffer, no. He went, well, next week, go out, you know, basically saying, go out because you're rubbish when you don't. But yeah, he, he was great, Marsh. He, he he got it. He understood it. He understood my situation. He was he, he great. He, you know, it was from then, really, that I think more people started to understand. And then... If, say, for example, we had a, he had another lad in, so if I want uh, available midweek, he'd play the lad, but the lad would understand that when I were back, I'd play. So it, it worked well, to be honest. And 
sometimes if they'd win 5-0 midweek, I'd, I'd ring him and say, look, Gaffrey, you can't really change it. It's not fair. Yeah, but class here, you know, we've got this agreement. I said, I understand that, but, you know, on the other hand as well, I, I get it as it's not fair. If, if we scrape to win or whatever, or the lad didn't play well, then fair enough. But there were, I just knew there were a, a good bond there and a good understanding. But yeah, Tadcaster, great. Another another great club. I really enjoyed my time there. Marshall, uh, I remember playing away a little story. We were playing away at Highworth. We were in quarter-final at Vars and they had a good left-back. And he says to me, I want you to play right-hand side today. And I'm like, winger? I've never played winger in my life. I, I could do a job, but I'm not quick. I'm not going to beat a man. I'm renowned for my passing, really. And, and, that. and he's like, no, no, you'll be fine. Anyway, 70 minutes, didn't have the greatest of games. He pulled me off. So I said, right, that's me done. Took my boots off, threw them over the fence, took my shin pads, threw them over the fence, went in and just went straight into the bar. And we had a bit of a laugh on the way back. And I think I ended up with not a lot on on coach on the way back. Um, but yeah, uh, Marshy understood that as well. You know, he, he, he apologised that playing me out of position. So we, we, we got, we had that, that bond where we could speak to each other, whereas other managers I played under more like, yeah, you played there, simple as that's it. You're out of team or whatever, but, you know, it, it was great, yeah. And I, I speak to him every, nearly every week now, every other week. And if there's any players that, you know, come available or whatever, I always speak to him about them. He's, he's great, great bloke. Like I, say, I, I see him as a friend for life. And do you feel that sort of, um, that way of him dealing with things and being as approachable as he is, is probably the key to his success in the non-league game? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. He... He, he's the most honest manager you, you'll find as well. You know, it, it, yeah, it's just how he treats people. It, it, I think when I signed at Taddy, I think what he liked about me to start was um, no money got mentioned. There were no money whatsoever got mentioned. And I think two or three weeks in, he went, Classy, we haven't paid you yet. What, what, you know, we need to sort some out. I'm like, yeah, we'll sort it, don't worry. But I knew when I spoke, first spoke to him, literally what the sort of guy he was. So I'm more prepared to go run through brick walls for him than speak about money. That'll come when it comes, you know, more for enjoyment, really. But yeah, I, I do think he does so well because he's honest with it. He's just an honest bloke, you know. If you're good, he'll tell you. If you're bad, he'll tell you. And that's just that's just him. And and, and that's why he's probably, he'll probably be out for years to come. Good stuff. So from, uh, from Tagcast then, was there a spell at Pickering as well? Or was it straight to Emily? Oh, yeah, Pikes, yeah. Played at Pikes. Uh, Marsha went there, obviously. Yeah. I'd gone down to Bryce Norton at the time, which is Oxfordshire. So, again, it was it were to and from, really. I were on shift. Um, obviously, Denny Ingram were there. Denny's, Denny were a massive part. I, I should mention mention Denny here because, well, whilst he were at Taddy with Marsha and at Pickering, he, he were great, Denny. He, he were like the... They were like a good cop, bad cop. You know, the gaffer's a bad cop. And Denny were always a good cop. And there'd be times Denny would say, lads, this ain't working. Let, we're doing this. You know, if gaffer says, oh, we'll go in and we'll we'll speak to him at the end of the game or at our time. So Denny Ingram were were absolutely massive for for uh, right-hand side of Marshes, you know. But yeah, them two call me. Denny called me. I want you to come in. Will you come in, Classy? Yeah, no problem. You know, goes in. And, and again, Pikes were good. You know, they understood it. Especially Denny, you know, he, he understood me. He knew what I give when I was there. So, he, again, it were all honesty, you know, and it was great. Again, I'm friends with Denny for life as well. Just going back to the RAF then, and we mentioned, touched on it briefly earlier, um, the FA Cup 2018, it was um, 
100 years of the RAF celebration yeah. um, around the FA Cup final. And you were chosen, um, you were chosen to obviously have the honour of taking the FA Cup to Wembley and, and uh, giving it to the teams. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a joke. You know, military's like for jokes and, and pranks. I'd won uh, Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year that, that season. Uh, gets a phone call off some big wig like, yeah, Tom, you've been chosen to do this. And I'm like, yeah, good one. Put phone down. Phone goes again. No, no, you've been chosen to do this. I said, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not having it. Anyway, I've, all in, all confirmation come through emails and my boss pulled me in. I said, yeah, yeah, you're carrying the FA Cup. Fantastic. What an experience that was. You know, the FA were great. Um, looked after me and my missus, you know, for two days. It, I mean, how many people can say they've carried the FA Cup, especially at Royal Box? You know, not many. And I had a bit of a, a laugh with Prince William. He come to my base and he I had to go see him. I think it was about a year after, uh, because it was it was Harry's wedding on the day of the FA Cup, so he couldn't make it. So I would take a minute to set the trophy to him, and he had a bit of a laugh. He apologised. Like, I took it to his brother's wedding, and we. I just said it's not good enough from him, you know. It, again, that that was great for it for him to to recognise that I'd, I had that honour of doing that, and then he come to to see me. You know, it, it was great to be honest. But yeah, fantastic. You know, some of some of that I like to tell people about. It's one of them where you, you don't want to be like a big time Charlie saying it or all, but I mean, what 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 an experience! I, I still can't believe it to this day. You know, four years on. From obviously having a Leeds background, Leeds perspective yourself, I mean, not the best of finals to be involved in. It was the sort of the lesser of two evils, Chelsea beating Manchester United, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Whoever won, it, it was. But, you know, I, I can't fault Chelsea. Antonio Conte, obviously now, now manager at Spurs. Uh, so after the game, we walked straight down onto the pitch and they're all celebrating. And, you know, Conte come over to me and he says, oh, thank you for what you do for the country. And I'm like... You're Italian? He says, no, no. He said, thank you, you know. And he said, look, if you want, you come with us, celebrate, you know, come party with us. Uh, everything will be paid. No problem at all. And it, it was fantastic. The old Chelsea staff, David Louise as well, uh, speaking to him, he, he, they were all, honestly, they were, they were brilliant. Maybe because they just won. But then Manchester United, not so much. Someone said to Mourinho, oh, I'm a Man United fan, can I have your autograph? And he just brushed them off. But, that's probably because I just lost, but yeah, I, I can't fault fault Chelsea. They were great, to be honest. Good stuff, and uh, a little lead salute to uh, Paul Pogba, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> want, yeah, want best pleased. Uh, it had the FA guys like they they were still talking about it a couple of days later, emailing me. But yeah, you literally stand there with the FA Cup before they come up the first steps, then they turn and go up the other steps up to the raw box. And you, you're probably three yards away if like, you've got a few bodyguards around you because people are trying to get at you. And I remember uh, Phil Jones come up, Valencia come up. Who else for it? I forget what the next one more. But anyway, they, they were giving, like they were dirty looks. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm smiling, you know, just being nice. And then Pogba come up and look me straight in the eye. And I managed to just sort of like get it up cup and give it a little bit of the lead salute and he just give it no, no, no. <laughs> and then just walked up steps. So, yeah, it was quite funny, actually. I'd stayed away from him on pitch just in case all kicked off. <laughs> brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. Um, so, yeah, currently then, you're at, uh, you're at Emily, uh, player coach, Tom. How are you finding things there? Yeah, great, Emily, yeah. A friend of mine played with him at Osset, Rich Tracy. 
uh, rang me about three years ago, actually, saying he, he was getting the job. Just said, we come in? Wanted to be for signing, we come in. Obviously, I know a lot of lads around, around the bazaar, so, you know, we'll get a team together and, and, and off we go. And I said, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, he knows my situation as well, a bit like Marsha. And it works well. And what I said to him was, I will come in if we can get this right, as in, like, yeah. your work commitments, your family commitments and your football are all on the same level. I said, I'll be able to get loads of lads in or we'll get lads in together. But we need to, there needs to be a good balance. You know, we were in Division One counties, is it, at the time? And I don't think the club had ever been out of it. And I just said to him, look, you know, if we get it right, if we get it right, we'll get lads in. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. So anyway, it's 25 minutes from my house. Again, with my job at the time. Well, job now, you know, it, it works perfect. And again, another great club, you know, one I'd never thought of really, but so sustainable, you know, great volunteers. They'll never struggle uh, finances-wise, just like I say, it's all it's all set out at the start of the season for the, for the end. It's just fantastic. It, it, it really, really is. Really good club. I've been there three years now. You know, I can't speak highly of it. And I've had a few offers in, in that time for more money to go, but I'm not interested, you know, more travelling. I'm not interested because if I'm happy, I'm happy. And it's like I say, it's all about them understanding me and, and my situation, really. But, yeah, it's, it's good. We've got a great side there. We, we should be doing a lot better than what we are. We just struggle for injuries and stuff. But, but yeah, again, it's, it's like Whitby, really, you know, just a, a well-run club, a sustainable club that you know will never struggle for anything because it's running the correct way. And obviously, we mentioned that it's sort of your first foray into coaching um, at sort of at the sort of level that you're at, a, a decent non-league level. Um, how are you finding that, Tom? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, so the, the the reason I went on the staff as well is obviously when I went having my second operation on my shoulder, the club were great. You know, the club were like, we still want to pay you. Um, obviously, I can't sign contracts because I'm in I'm in the raft. But so we decided that right, why did you come on coaching staff? Well, she's injured. And you can still give give some back, so I thought, yeah, that's that sounds great. Um, and I ended up, like I say, going on on onto the staff and just been on it ever since. Don't do as much now, obviously. Uh, I play week in week out, so it's it's. I try not to get involved, and, and this is where we're good with Gaffer because I say I don't want much going on with team selection. I help him, but whilst I'm still playing constant continuously um, it's hard you know because you don't want to obviously I speak to the lads as well I'm that middleman as well and on the pitch I'm you know it's it's hard it's a fine line really and to be honest I've spoke to a lot of people saying it's probably the, the trickiest role you can have in football as a player coach or a player manager because you're on a no win really but the lads we've got at Emily all understand I'm still the clown in dressing room. I'm still, I still always will be that. But you know, it's still. How can I put it? It's still uh, a good role to have, and it's it's good. It's good for my CV really as well. You know, I've been like I said, I've had a few offers to go elsewhere and and take on a management role, but I'm not. I'm not interested. I'm I'm totally happy as I am. You know, it's great. I mean, you mentioned there then, obviously. Um management roles being offered up, is it something that you'd maybe look at further down the line when you have finished playing? Potentially, yeah. I'm going to try and play as long as I can, to be honest. Um, 
35 next month. But I feel I feel better now than I did when I was 25. Um, weirdly. But yeah, I don't see why not, uh, you know, with my contacts in the game. But again, it all depends on the situation when that time does, you know, does come. Uh, does it fit right? Does it fit right with my family? But like I say, I'm a big believer in the three principles of your family, your football and your work has to, it all has to marry up. It has to, it has to be a good balance. So if there's that, then, and that's what there is at Emily, the hence why I've stayed here so long. So um, just uh, at the top of the show, before we start recording, Tom, I um, I mentioned, I dropped it on you pretty much last minute about your uh, your best 11 that you've played with. Um, oh, I mean, dear. No, no pressure, no pressure. Loads of pressure, yeah. <laughs> uh, goalkeeper then. Oh, dear me, I'm struggling already. Just remember, you'll always upset somebody. <laughs> yeah, always. Well, can it be any any time from my yeah any time in yeah any time in your playing career? We'll come back to goalies because I I hate goalkeepers and I'm well known for it. Uh, anyone who knows me will tell you that I do absolutely rinse goalkeepers. Um, so yeah, we'll come back to that one. <laughs> Brilliant. Right then. So yeah, we'll we'll go on to the defence then. Um I've got it down to four four two here. So right. I'll keep it simple. Um so yeah, we'll go right back first off. Right back, Denny Ingram. Easy one. What a what a player, Denny Why fantastic. Just all around leader. He, he's my captain, Denny. He's he's my manager, my captain, my corner taker, my free kick taker, my throwing taker. He's everything, Denny. Yeah. <laughs> right then, the opposite side, left back. Left back, Paddy Miller, good friend of mine, Paddy Miller, really good. Two centre halves. Two centre halves, Simon Ainge and Jamie Price. See, it's effortless when you think about it. You know, you just no, really no, I, I, off. I, I know, <laughs> I've missed somebody. I've played some great players back in the day. I'm, you know, I watch this back and <laughs> I think, oh no. <laughs> Right then, into the midfield. We'll go. Uh, we'll go right midfield first. Aaron Lennon. Good shout. Good shout. Uh, the left hand side. Uh, left hand side midfield. Oh, I'm on spot here. I'll come back to that one. Yep. <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> right then, centre midfield, and we have had people that have picked themselves before. So I mean, no, nah, not me. I, I won't get the team. <laughs> I'd be. Out. I won't even be squad myself. <laughs> John. O, John O'Greening. Popular one with the Whitby fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John O'Gray, he was, he was fantastic when he when he came back to Taddy. Um, again, came in contact, lovely bloke. Uh, another centre midfielder, Lee Crooks. Right then, the two forwards. Oh. You know what? Because I'm on a Whitby podcast, I'm going to put Bruno in there. you got to do, aren't you? Whitby Town, we've got to put someone in there. Yeah, Bruno. Uh some lads who've scored goals go all where I've been as well. I'm going to kick myself, you know, with this. I'm going to uh, look back and think, oh, what about Emmys? Oh, I tell you, who did I pick left midfield? Um, you haven't picked one yet. I'll go James Milner left midfield. He can he can swap with Aaron, they can swap wings. Yeah, centre forward, another centre forward. Jamie Vardy. Good shout. I forgot about Vards then, yeah. I played with Vards at Stocksbridge, we forgot about that. Yeah, Vards. Right then, just a goalkeeper left to uh, left to pick. <laughs> Your favourite position. 
Can I go in goal? <laughs> uh, in that team, it'd be class, wouldn't it? Um, oh, yeah, goalkeeper. Oh, bloody hell. You know, I'm going to go David Campbell. Good shout. Again, I'm on I'm on Whitby Art, so yeah, I'll go Cammy. Uh, he was great, Cammy, yeah. yeah. Hell of a team, that, to be fair, Tom. Hell of a team. So who's managing it then? Denny managing or...? Gaffer. Oh, let's see. Nick DeLong. He, so Nick DeLong's uh, at Bristol Rovers at the minute. He was the UK Armed Forces gaffer at the time. Played at Bristol City. He's been all over. He's fantastic. He's managed uh, assistant manager of Rwanda, national side, India national side. He was the, the guy that phoned me before I joined the military, basically saying, you join the RAF, you'll play football constantly. But he... What 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 a gaffer he was! I mean, so in depth. You knew he was RAF gaffer when I joined, then he went to the UCAF gaffer. But you know, you knew the lad who you were playing against. You knew when he went to the toilet, what time he had his tea. You knew what he'd do. You know when what he'd do, whatever when. He, basically, you knew everything about him. So you knew when he'd gone to his left foot, when he'd gone to his right foot, in what situations. He was just that much in depth. He lit. He literally. You went on that pitch about. Just worrying about like yourself, basically. Just just worry about yourself and concentrate on your own performance. Because I've told you everything he's going to do against you. So you know he will fan. He's fantastic, Nick DeLong. Yeah, what a guy. There's loads. Like I said, there's loads of gaffers that who's, who've been great to me. Good stuff. So yeah, we've had a couple of questions in as well, Tom. Um, oh, no. I mean, the first the first one is I'm uh, I'm dreading what this one's about. Uh, ask him about some of the antics he got up to on uh, training camp. Still have memories of finding my boots in the freezer. Thanks to Tom. Uh, says Riggers on Twitter. Oh God Almighty! Uh, well, I don't think I don't think the training camps are out when I go go with Rafa or Ukaf can be spoke about. And yeah, some some things are uh, yeah can't talk about what we got to be. Yeah, that one with Riggers. He, Riggers, yeah, he was it. He was it. We had a, in RAF. We we have a few kit men. Uh, there's always a few of each role. Um, kit men, masseurs. Uh, Etc. Yeah, Riggers won at Kitman at time, and yeah, again, I just used to rinse him like literally the, the, to get away with no. Um, and he had rascal boots, so I said to him, "You keep wearing them boots, mate. They're gone." So I think I cut a pair of someone's boots up as well, something like that. But yeah, but yeah, he's ended up in put him in freezer. As you do, as you do, as you do. Yeah, just normal yeah. life, that. So Christine Pettinger in touch as well. Could ask him myself, but how many clubs has he played for previously? Um, we oh, didn't name all of them before when we chatted oh, before, did Christine, we? So. <laughs> and Barry, yeah. Uh, great people. They're my sponsors at Emily. They have been since I've been there. Again, wonderful people. You know, old couple. Barry's, Barry's great. He works bar. Bar's at Emily. And um, Christine, she does a dugout diner, uh, which, which does fantastic food. Yeah, wonderful people. Clubs. I'll tell you Saturday, Christine. <laughs> I'll work it out. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, yeah, so we've had uh, Brett Delaney in touch as well. Um, yeah. I've got two haircuts left. How many has Tom got? <laughs> oh, Frog, yeah. good Again, Frog, yeah. I met Frog with a good pal of mine, Ryan Bailey. So when Frog come over from Australia, he didn't have no mates, obviously, over here. So he come into our into our um, our circle, effectively. And again, I've been mates with Frog ever since. He's, he's been over here. Good, good friend of mine. He rips the piss out of me every day. As I do him, uh, moodiest man about. But yeah, he keeps saying about my hair. I mean, 
don't know. It's looking all right in the light at the minute. I think I've got a few haircuts left. Has he called me two pints as well or something? And that was his, yeah, that was his follow-up. Uh, why does everyone call him two pints? <laughs> oh, he, this is him. This is in his own world. Uh, I can drink more than him. That's that's the thing. And with rugby lads, are, when we go out, I can drink more than him. But they seem to call me two pints. Say I get pissed easy, but, you know, I'm the one that's I can drink the most. But, yeah, he's, he just tells everyone with me, oh, this is my mate, two pints. And you're like... And they, then obviously they ask, why two pints? Oh, you can only drink two pints. And it's like, no, no, no. It just, it's just been, it's been ongoing this for probably eight years now. And everybody, and even some people who I've never known, or not known before, and I'll see them when I'm not with Frog, and they'll be like, I two pints. You're like, oh my God, it's stuck. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where it comes from. Obviously, rugby lads are big drinkers, aren't they? But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's where it comes from. I'm a bit worried, you know, when I see that about, I don't think many people seen that, uh, ask any questions. I got a bit worried, thinking, what's people going to ask here? But, yeah, I've got to wear lightly, very lightly. Mm. I can I can well imagine, yeah. Um, and Taylor was in touch as well. It was something that we uh, touched on earlier in the show about sort of the honour of um, taking the FA Cup to Wembley as part of the RAF yes. as well. Um, so I think all that remains to be said, because I did slip Ant's question in there without actually crediting him for really? it. So I do, do apologise, Ant. Um, so yeah, all remains to be said. Tom is, is thank you very much for joining us. No, no problem. Yeah, I could have gone for another hour with which stories I've had, but yeah, it's just been great to get great to get back on and great great to get back involved with Whitby. You know, I keep saying I'm going to come over and 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 see people. You know, from from olden you know olden to old times and that. But uh, I keep saying it. It's just finding time. You know, my role and that. But I'd love to, I'd love to come over. You know, have a few pints with, with yourself and that, and you know, buy a tweet, watch a game and. And that, yeah, of course. But yeah, thank, thanks for having me. You know, anytime, you know, I'll, I'll come on. Top man. Thank you very much for joining us, Tom. Cheers, Paul. Thank you.